Okay, excellent. Hey guys, thanks for joining Shot at Tequila podcast. Uh, today we're going to uh, talk about a couple of things uh, related to some questions that I've been uh, having from uh, some certain people. If um, if you're if you're invested right now, or if you're if you're playing in the market, uh, you'll know that the market's been just up, up, up. Um, I think we were up actually at the highs today, over 830 points in the Dow. Um, job job numbers came in, and uh, I think we added you know over two million jobs. So uh, the market really liked that. Uh, no matter what you think about um, the economy or where the jobs are or where we're going to be in six months, the the stock market tends to look forward into the future. And sometimes it looks too far into the future. Um, but remember that it's always looking forward. It's never looking behind. So it doesn't care what happened last week or two weeks ago. Uh, only, only cares what's happening now. Um, so I did want to go into, I did want to show uh, a few things. I'm going to share my screen now since we are capturing and video in it, but uh, I'm going to go to just a simple Yahoo Finance and pull up what's happening in the in the market right now. So if we want to look real closely, we can see that uh, we're up about 3% today, 27,859 points. And if I pull this back just to six months, you'll see in this uh, this screen here, that uh, interact, interactive is loading a little bit, but if you can see, we hit our we hit our low somewhere late first of April, late March, and it has just been up, 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 up on a tear the entire times. I noticed that the airline stocks were up, uh, I think, thirteen uh, percent yesterday, and another twelve percent today. So in two days, they saw a twenty-five percent move in price. So if you've bought Delta, or you bought American Airlines, you are just happy as can be right now. Um, lots of things going on, but um, if we if we take and we take and look at a few things, um, I did want to bring up if we look at if we look at Fang stocks, one being Facebook right now, um, and look at a year. What I think is interesting about what I think is interesting about this is it's kind of stalled. It's kind of uh, come to a place where it's kind of found a top, and as you see, it's bounced off. So it went up, actually making it above this mark here, which is about 223. Facebook sent it at 230. So this was its all-time high, all-time top there and it keeps going back down to it, up and down, up and down, up and down. It's having a really hard time uh, breaking through and staying above this, this all-time high number, probably because the major run that brought us from the bottom up to past, you know, in this case, up to past where we even were at our high was all kind of brought up by the FANG stock. So you had Facebook, Amazon, uh, Apple, Netflix, and Google. They added just scores and and just power and power to this market, um, but a lot of people, or some people, have now got into this position not just in Facebook, but they've got into it with a lot of a lot of the other stocks. So what what has happened? Your stocks have come up. You've made some money. That's great. You think it has a lot. You think it has more room to grow, but it's kind of started moving sideways on you. 
sideways, sideways, sideways. So what do you do? Uh, well, time is money. So if you just sit and hold on to the stock and it, it keeps its level or gains in level, you'll make money. But there may be other stocks out there that uh, are have some momentum behind them and continue up. Meaning if you just sold and captured your gains in whatever stock that you had, then you could go into a different uh, a different market or a different stock and and get the momentum, meaning go up with it and make some more money on the way up. But you may be one of the investors who think, I just, I really like this stock. I think it has room to grow, but maybe it's just not the right timing. So people then ask, well, what do I do, Matt? So one instance of something that you can do, and this is pretty simple. We're just, I'm just on Wikipedia right now uh, to give you a good definition that you can go back to and look. But one thing you can do with, um, with your stock is sell a covered call. And some people ask, somebody have a question, what's a covered call? Well, a call is an option. And when you, you may have heard people say, well, I'm buying and selling options or buying and selling, you know, I'm, I'm playing in the option game. Well, there's really only four things that you can do in the options market. Um, they can get really complicated by how you arrange them, but they're very simple in nature of what you can do. So, you can, the four things are, you can buy a call or you can sell a call. You can buy a put and you can sell a put. That is all that you can do in the options market. Now, how you arrange these things can get very complicated. And, and people a lot smarter than me uh, have made their living setting up strategies like covered calls and are not covered calls, but like, uh, bear put spreads and, and, uh, and bull call spreads. And, and there's lots of things that you can do if you're interested in the options market. I, I would say go out and, and research. And there, there are so many videos on YouTube. There's so many videos on the internet that explain um, over and over and over the, the detailed strategies. But we're just for today, we're going to focus on something really simple. So what is a covered call? So a covered call is a transaction and it's a transaction where the seller of a call option, meaning yourself uh, in this situation, sells a strike price or sells a call at a certain strike price for a stock. So it's a way uh, in covered calls to make income on the stock that you already have. So how do, we, how do I do that, Matt? Well, how you can do that is, let's say you own a thousand shares of Delta and Delta is trading right now. It's going up, way up. So it's, this is probably a bad strategy for Delta. But if you had a stock that was trading sideways, really wasn't moving within one to three dollars and it was just moving left and right, just moving right, kind of in a steady line. And you wanted you didn't want to sell it because you thought it was going to go up and, you know, within a year or some time period, but you did want to make income off of it, you could sell a covered call on the stock, on the shares of stock that you already have. So if you had a thousand shares of let's say Delta and Delta was co Delta was trading at $30 and that was, and you believe that the top for the top for uh, Delta was, yeah, maybe it had no top, but you believe within the next two weeks that there was no way that Delta 
could move above $35, right? So you own, you own stock for Delta and you got it at 30, or let's say you got it at 25, you made five bucks up to 30, but you, you think there is no way in the next week or two weeks that Delta could move over $35. So you could go into the options market. Um, you could go into the options market and sell a covered call. That means that you could actually sell 10 contracts. If you had a thousand shares, one contract of options is equal to a hundred shares. So 10 contracts would be equal to the thousand. So you could go out into the market and sell 10 contracts, which would be equal to the thousand shares that you own for a premium. So that means there's gotta be a buyer and there's gotta be a seller. In this transaction, you would be the seller. So you would sell 35, you would sell 10 contracts at a $35 strike price. And let's say you sold them for a dollar. Okay, so a dollar, 10 contracts, uh, you, would, you would get a premium. So each contract is worth a dollar and you sold a thousand, so you would get a thousand dollars. Does that make sense? Thousand share, th thousand, thousand shares, ten contracts. So that's a thousand dollars. That's what you would sell it, and there would be someone out on the market who would purchase that from you for a thousand dollars. And as long as Delta stock did not trade over or did not close over thirty-five dollars a share by that next Friday, meaning you bought a two-week, uh, two-week option contract you would keep your thousand dollars. You would keep it and just put it in your pocket. If it closed above $35, then the buyer could exercise that option contract and you would have to sell him the thousand shares that you already, that, that you have. Meaning you have the thousand shares, so you have to give him those thousand shares. In that situation, you actually make money because uh, you know, the stock price is still above what you paid for it. So you, you made that amount, but you don't own the stock anymore because you had to sell it to the person who bought the option. Right now what happens? And if it doesn't, the people say, well, that's kind of confusing, Matt. Well, not really. Someone bought an option contract from you and they have the option to buy if it's over 35, it makes sense to them because they can buy it at 35 and let's say the stock's at 36, they can exercise that option and their profit is that dollar, dollar per share, 35 to 36. But if it's below it at 33 bucks, it makes no sense for them to exercise the option because they would lose money. Does that make sense? So they will let that option contract expire. And as it expires, you keep the premium they paid you for that option. You keep the $1,000. So there's a lot of, um, it's practiced by a lot of people, but especially older investors for income. They have a lot of stock, a lot of shares, and it's just moving sideways. And let's say they own something like Southern Company that doesn't move up and down very much. And they want to make income off those shares and the dividends that the company's paying them just isn't enough for them. This is an example and an option where they can sell a covered call.
would it primarily be on stuff like that like utilities and and things like that that wouldn't you wouldn't see big fluctuations yeah you want something for if something's running you don't want to sell a covered call on it because you'll wind up losing the stock that you have you'll you'll make the gain because the stock will go up but you'll you'll lose any advantage for the stock to keep going up and up and up because you're going to lose your stock that makes sense so you're taking a risk to take in a, in this situation a thousand dollars of income but you lose your stock so you get whatever your stock went up to, you'll still make that amount, but you'll lose the thousand, you won't make the thousand dollars and you lose your stock. So you still, you still profit, you just lost any future profits there. So covered call is actually a, a good way. Uh, it's been used forever. Uh, it's, not, it's nothing new. Um, and it, it, it gives you some, it gives you income on shares that, may not be making you anything at all at this current time. Um, another way to do this, another uh, example for safety is selling a put. So if you buy a call, if you go out into the option market and you buy a call, you are saying that you bet within a certain time period, let's say if you buy a call with, a, with it ending in two Fridays or Friday week, that you believe that I, I purchased, let's say I purchased a call at a $30 strike price at $1.26 per contract, okay? So, or per share. So um, if I paid $1.26 for it, that means the option or the stock has to be over $31.26. So the $30 strike price, plus the $1.26 that it cost you to purchase it. If the stock closes at $32 on that, on that Friday week, you've made money. You've made the difference or the 75 cents for, or the, what would that be? 74 cents from 31.26 to 32 bucks. You can also sell a put. So why would you sell a put? Well, people who trade in options, can use, a, can use selling a put to control a lot of shares with little money. So as you see, one contract is worth 100, one, con, one option contract is equal to 100 shares that you're controlling. So, but you may can purchase those, that one contract, two contract, and it may only cost you, you know, a few hundred dollars. But if you purchase a stock, it would cost you many thousands of dollars to control that same amount. So if a person out in the marketplace has an idea that the stock price is going to move lower on any given stock, they can, they can buy a put. In this situation, it's saying sell a put. But uh, I want to I just keep this screen up because it, it feeds into the, my last conversation. But if you're buying a put, you think the stock price is going to go down. So if you bought an option contract at $30, and the stock moved to $25, you made the difference in between what you paid for the put and the $25. So that $4 and something, $5 and something there uh, that moved down. Now, selling a put is somewhat different because when you sell a put, you are saying and you believe that the stock 
will not b- drop below a certain price target. So let's say the stock price is sitting at $30 and you sell a put at $25. What you're saying, it, what you're betting on is the stock price will stay above 25 within the time period that you've purchased it. Maybe you purchased it in a week or 14 days. So if that stock stays above the $25, then you will keep all the premium that you took in from the buyer who who bought it from you. So you sold a put at $25. It stayed above, the stock price stayed above $25 within the time frame. You keep the premium. But if it goes below it, in that situation, you are going to be upside down. You're going to have to pay to get out of that trade or, or buy enough stock to, to put that on that other person. So um, these are two different options explained, selling options explained. There are so many, um, there are so many different uh, ways to set up put options, short selling. Uh, a lot of people, you've heard probably short selling before. And, and that means that you were, you would sell a stock believing that it was going to go lower. And as the stock moved lower during short selling, uh, you would actually profit because you could buy and cover at a lower amount. Uh, another way to do that is the same thing as short selling. Another way to do that is to buy puts, believing the stock price is actually going to move down. What questions does that bring up for you, Stackhouse? For me specifically? Yeah. Uh, I, I I was just kind of trying to formulate some questions on that because I I'm almost still as in bamboozled by the stock market at the end of that, but it's mostly just I, I get what you're doing, but what's the what's the purpose of the buyer in the first place? Does that make sense? Mm, the buyer like when when you're saying like you're you're coming in am i taking this money is this excess money that i have just lying around is this stuff that i believe or is this my you said there were people that made their living this way which which one is it is it what is your play i guess well my play is to create income out of thin air Okay. Yeah. Then you're getting my question. Yeah. Yeah. Is to create money out of thin air because if I have in, in the, in the covered call strategy here, if I already have the stock, so I'm covered, that's the, that's the cover. I can sell a call way above whatever my strike price is for that stock. And that's a premium, meaning someone on the other end bets that, if I, if I sell a call up above where my strike price is, then there's someone on the other end of that trade that bets I'm wrong. They're saying that, nope, you're wrong. By next Friday at closing, this stock is going to be above your strike price. And let's say I've got the stock at 30 and I sold the call or covered call at 35. They're saying, nope, you're wrong. It's going to be above that. It's going to be at $37 and I'm going to make the $2 above and beyond you you're going to have to come out of your pocket to pay me. So they're taking a bet that the premium that they paid for the option, the option to purchase those stock at that price will pay off. But actually no money 
I mean, the money changed hands from the buyer to the seller. So there's a buyer, a buyer who bought my covered call and there's a seller and I'm the seller. Right. Okay. And then that's the stocks that, that they're running the company off of. Correct. Correct. Okay. And there's a lot of people that'll say, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of talk in the, in the market that most of the transactions nowadays are actually either ETF buys. It's not people actually buying individual stock. It's ETFs. Um, ETFs are exchange traded funds and it's ETFs that own a bunch of stock. So um, what would be an example? I can, I can show you an example. Like XLF is something that I know off the top of my head. So XLF is an exchange traded fund. So it's the financial sector. It's called a spy. This is a spider fund. And what does it hold? Well, we can come down here and say, what is the holdings? And I'm just using Yahoo Finance. It's not a, it's not a big, uh, big, big deal here, but it holds 100% in financial services. So why would you buy XLF? And here are the top 10 holdings. So 53.8% of the assets held in XLF is... Berkshire Hathaway, JP Morgan, Bank of America, City, Wells, BlackRock, S&P Global. Look at these. These are the largest financial institutions in the world. And not only that, but it's also the diversity of it. And so you're buying a diverse across the board of the top ones, correct? Somewhat. Because look, but look, they own more Berkshire and JP Morgan than they do anything else. Wow. See that? So it's somewhat outweighted with Berkshire and JP Morgan because the company that owned BlackRock that owns the Spider, SBF, they believe these are the stronger companies, right? Okay. So as Berkshire, JP Morgan, all of them go up, XLF will go up too. Cause that's the fund. Okay. So the fund owns that. I guess. Yes. But the, the difference is this is not a mutual fund. So, you can buy and sell this thing like a stock. You can buy it right now and two minutes later, you can sell it. If you buy a mutual fund, you have to wait to the end of the day before they close it. So if the market drops just precipitately from 10 a.m. and it loses a thousand points and you're in a mutual fund, sorry, you can't get out of it till the end of the day. You can put in your order to sell, but it will only sell it at the end of the day when all transactions are final a exchange traded fund, you can buy and sell just like a stock. And in this situation, if you think that the banking or financial stocks were going to go up, XLF may be a good place to do it. Why? Because it's going to be diversified. Instead of just buying JP Morgan, and let's say something frivolous happens at JP Morgan, which it's it's a very well run company, so I doubt it. But if something happened there and all your money was in JP Morgan because that's who you thought the best financial stock was, well, it's going down. But in this situation, if JP Morgan goes down, the rest of these companies will hold your hold your price of your share up. Okay. So, so is, how, how does it, how, how much of it does it take like multiple facets to fail for that one to pull you down then? Correct. Okay. So 
but it, they will still trade together. So if if all financial companies are somewhat going down, yeah, you can't get out of the way of it. This is going to go down too. Oh. But what this saves you from is if Wells Fargo makes a bad decision, mm. well, it's only 3.85% of these holdings. I these, agree. you'll feel it. You'll, you'll probably lose a little, but you'll feel it. You know, if this went down 30%, this might go down too. Yeah. So it's you can saved. still hold and be okay and not just completely lose your pants. I got you. That's right. But even on this spider, on any on an ET on exchange traded fund, you can sell covered calls on these too. Just like you can on a regular stock. So you can make income off these. There are some uh, traders out there who will not buy individual stocks. They will set up buckets of ETFs because they don't want overexposure to just, let's say, Home Depot. So they want to buy a group of stocks and an ETF that will follow that, hey, Home Depot is going up, Lowe's is going up, all these, those type companies are going up, but I don't want all the risk of just owning Lowe's or just owning Home Depot. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, so like if I'm coming in to you like a financial planner and like kind of like talking through my financial plan and, you know, I wanted to start adding this to my game, how would you would would this be kind of the way you would get introduced to this world? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, most people the best the most people the best thing for them to do is is this right here. Um, this is the spider. Oh, that's not Spirit Airlines. What is it? <laughs> what happened? SPY. There we go. Okay. So this is the ETF, exchange traded fund, that tracks the entire S&P, which is the best indicator of the overall economy of the United States. So, and if we look at, we can just look at a five year. So if you had bought just the SPY five years ago, you'd have bought it for $210 and now it's at 319. So you kind of see this gain. Right. And in this situation, it take this is the whole market moving at one time. So if something goes down, you're not going to feel it so much here. It's it's been a steady increase. So last year, the trade was buying an ETF because, or buying a market mover, even you know like a a Vanguard or some sort of mutual fund that tracked the whole market because it actually did better than people holding individual stocks unless you were just a glorious stock picker and pick just the right ones. And at that point, you're, if you're, when you say like a glorious stock picker, you're, you're just gambling at that point, right? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a shade of gambling all to investing in the stock market. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to diversify. Um, in my opinion, you never want, more than 70% of your cash holdings in the stock market. You always, and I'm always going to be and recommend at least 30% cash uh, or 30% something that is very safe. Um, even like short-term, short-term ETFs, uh, short-term bond ETFs, you can ladder them. Like we spoke about last week, you can ladder them just like a CD and gain, you know, two to 3% on your cash and be relatively really safe. Uh, and then take some more risk out here with the 70, when the 70%. But it's very hard just to beat this over a 10 year time frame. 
very hard to beat it. Um, the only thing that I have seen, this one is very interesting. Um, this is UTG. This is Reeves Utility Income. And if you look over five years, yeah, over five years is what we're looking at now. It has done fairly well. I mean, we went up to 25 to 35, but what's important here is the historical data and statistics. Um, it's got over a 6% in, yield in it, and it's paying you monthly. So annually, it's giving you 6% in dividend yields, plus it's moved up. When you look at this over a 10-year time frame, this just basic utility income fund has actually beat the S&P. You'd have been better off buying this than the whole market because of the dividend yield on it. And what this invests in, if you look at uh, uh, financial analysis options, holders, this is buying, this is buying into like Southern company, like elect, uh, um, any type of energy, you know, building out electrical lines, building out utilities. This is what they, um, this is what they actually invest in. So they've they've done very very well, and uh, this is a this is this is an option that most people don't know about. Something to look at. I've, I've thrown out a couple of uh, couple of different things now. We've been running about thirty minutes, but here's some things to talk. Here's some things to research this week. Covered calls. Just in the summation, what does that mean? That means I own stock. I own a hundred. I own a thousand shares of something, and I want to make more income off of it. Well, I can sell a covered call on those thousand shares, and uh, and make and, and keep that premium. Also, hey, what if earnings are coming up? So let's say earnings are coming up on uh, UTG, and um, Maybe it'll tell me when earnings date is. Earnings date, not available. It's not telling me. But let's say the earnings date for this uh, fund was coming up uh, the end of July. And I was worried. I didn't know which way it was going to go. I thought they may have a bad one. They may have a good one. If they have a bad one, this is going to go down, and I'm going to take a little bit of a hit. Well, you can in that situation, you can buy a put. Because if the stock goes down, you're going to make money as it goes down and you will soften the blow of whatever you lose out here. So if you own a thousand shares, you could buy 10 contracts or 10 puts to protect yourself against any downward move from a stock that you own. Because as the stock drops, you'll lose money in your, in, in this and in, in your actual ETF or in your actual stock, but the put will actually make money on the way down. So you can soften the blow. That's called, mitigating risk, which is all trading, which it all, which is all investing is, is mitigating risk, trying to get the best returns with the least amount of uh, stress or, or, or not stress, but fear or um, risk associated with it. Uh, and selling a put, you can also sell a put to, to bring in premiums, all these different things we can talk about at great length but it's some things I wanted to bring up about how to make income with stock that you already own. 
So I hope you enjoyed it today. Hope you have questions. Uh, please get back with me. Uh, look us up on uh, Instagram, on Facebook. I'll answer any questions that you have, and I appreciate it. Please uh, tell your friends about Shot Tequila Podcast, and I will talk to you later. Thank you.